Hello and welcome to my podcast, What I Find Funny. My name is Deb Sherritt, and I'll be spending the next few minutes with you sharing things that I find funny either in my daily life, through the many diverse experiences I've had, or just some of the quirky, ironic, or coincidental things that happen to make me laugh. Laughing is so important, and considering these last few years, I think we all need a good laugh now and again. So, a little bit about myself. I'm an administrative assistant in the healthcare industry and have been happily married to the love of my life, Mark, for 28 years, and who I affectionately refer to and will do so from now on as Honey Bunch. Honey Bunch and I have two daughters, three grandchildren, and at the moment, no pets. (laughs) But I'm working on that. Now, you may be wondering, Deb, why? Why start a podcast? And that's a very good question. I think I've been looking for some sort of new way to create, a new passion to sink my teeth into, and frankly, as I get closer and closer to retirement, I need something that's going to keep me out of jail or out of a McDonald's uniform. Don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking working at McDonald's by any means. It's just not how I want to spend my golden years after spending the past 42 of them not being passionate about how I earn my money. My time now is going to be spent doing things that I'm passionate about and that feed my soul. And while I've got your ear, I encourage you to find something you love and do it and do it well. Especially since the pandemic, I found my desire, my my spirit, my energy were all completely drained. And my give-a-shit tank was so low. But ever since the beginning of the new year, I've had a complete burst of energy and passion. And I found I'm laughing more than I did for the past few years. My soul has lightened after carrying some nasty burdens. And so now I want you to know what I find funny, and maybe if I share it, you'll have a moment of your day to laugh too. So let's get started. This episode of What I Find Funny, I'm going to dedicate to two women. The first being my Nana, Lucy Bussy, who loved and adored me as much as I her. She lived with us and emigrated to Canada with us in 1965 from Blackpool, England, And from what I've been told from my cousin, Blackpool is the start of funny, as far as my Nana was concerned. There were a lot of comedians who performed there. She probably saw a lot of them live and in person. She and I were best mates and spent a lot of time together. Her favorite thing in the world was to have her one beer a week while watching Carol Burnett, the second woman who I'm dedicating this episode to. Carol Burnett show was on on Thursday nights and saw her as a comedic genius. She and her fellow co-stars, Harvey Corman, Tim Conway, Vicki Lawrence, and Lyle Wagner were pure slapstick hilarity at its best. And most importantly, she could make my Nana laugh like no one else, which was music to my ears. I was fortunate enough to recreate the role of Winifred, the princess of the swamps, when my high school performed Once Upon a Mattress. Now, this is the musical version of The Princess and the Pea, 
and Winifred is the main princess who is vying for the prince's wedding proposal. When I first got the role, I found out that Carol had made it famous on Broadway in the late 1960s. You can actually find it on the internet if you search Once Upon a Mattress. It was filmed in black and white, but <laughs> color doesn't mean anything when it comes to Carol Burnett because she filled the screen with color. Her performance was outstanding and future star premonitions. It just so happened that while me and my schoolmates were rehearsing for our opening night of Once Upon a Mattress, Carol was actually filming a movie in Toronto not 50 short kilometers away. So three of my castmates and I grabbed some merchandise from the production and headed off to Toronto in search of Miss Burnett. I had found out where she was staying so, bold as you please, we march on into the hotel, right up to the concierge desk, and ask to speak to Miss Burnett. She hesitantly looks at us and says, Is she expecting you? I say, No. I explain, But we've come from Burlington to give her some merchandise from our production of Once Upon a Mattress. The concierge explains our story into a phone waits a moment, nods, looks up and says, uh, there's four of them into the phone. Well, I have to admit, my heart was racing. I actually thought we'd done it and managed to get her to allow us to go up. This was our chance. We were going to meet Carol Burnett. But the concierge nodded, said she understood into the phone, said thank you and hung up. I'm sorry, she says to us, but Miss Burnett has just come in from a long day of shooting. She said if it were just one of you, she'd have made an exception, but she didn't want to pick only one of you, as that wouldn't be fair to the other three. Oh, to say I was heartbroken would be an understatement. But I understood. My other castmates were crestfallen as well but as well as understanding. So we handed over the things we'd brought for her, asked for them to be delivered to her on our behalf, and we were assured they would be. Our drive home was not as boisterous as our drive there, but we came away with a great story of how we almost met Carol Burnett. But you see, it doesn't end there. On opening night, just a week later, I show up for makeup call only to find Mr. Keenleyside, my typing teacher, telling me that I needed to go to the office with him. Now, something you should know here. I was not a big fan of Mr. Keenleyside's and was immediately on my guard about him dragging me to the office, which at that time of the night was actually closed. Also, I'd graduated in January of 83 and this was February, so I was technically not a student at that point. So if he intended to reprimand me for something, I was ready for a fight. He wasn't going to force me to stop looking at those damn typing keys, no matter what he said. Sorry, I digress. Anyway, he finally gets the office door open after much fumbling and me eye rolling and heads over to a secretary's desk where he picks up a huge bouquet of roses and he hands them to me with an envelope and a piece of paper. He says to me, 
This was delivered to the school this morning and was read aloud over the morning announcements. Congratulations. Of course, I wasn't there in the morning for the morning announcements, so I had no idea what he was talking about. So I read the piece of paper he's handed to me, and it's a telegram from Carol Burnett to me, wishing me break a leg on tonight's opening. And when I opened the envelope, I found an autographed picture of Carol, which read from one Fred to another with love, Carol. And two photographs of her wearing the t-shirt we gave to her at the hotel. And the note from her secretary telling me how much she treasured the t-shirt. She'd never got one from her show years ago, and so she values it even more. Well, ah, uh, Carol Burnett just exponentially exploded as far as I was concerned, into my stratosphere. That night, I laughed, danced, and sang my heart out to Carol and to my Nana, who unfortunately had passed away five years earlier and had never really seen me perform on stage, nor in such a grand way. I bet my Nana was smiling down on me that night. And so, in honor of an incredibly funny lady, Carol Burnett, and an incredibly lovely Nana, I'm going to close it off here. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of What I Find Funny, and be sure to come back and check out future postings. Until then, find funny where you can, and take care. <laughs>